Do you want to become a better songwriter? Well, we created a very simple 10-minute songwriter personality test, and it's going to help you better understand who you are as a writer, and it's going to help you in the writer's room when you're writing with other writers, because you're going to be able to identify what kind of writer they are, maybe even have them take the songwriter personality test. If you're curious and you want to take the songwriter personality test today, just visit songwriterpersonalitytest.com or go to the link on the writingworship.co website. This is the Brave Podcast, awakening dreams, purpose, and songs. Brave exists to encourage, resource, and connect brave women around the world for the glory of God. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Brave Podcast. I'm Eric Nordoff, and I'm sitting here with the lovely Chrissy Nordoff. Hey, you just sounded like you were from Michigan when you said hi, guys. Hey, guys. Yep. Come look at my calendar. Yeah. And you can tell we've been married. Put everything in the bag. Oh, yep. It's happening. I feel terrible. (laughs) It's happening. My Western Michigan is showing. Yes, it is. Which is not even close because I'm from New Jersey. Yeah. My New Jersey isn't showing. I need my New Jersey to show a little more. Don't you think? Mm, Mm. Maybe. You're scared of New Jersey, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit. Anyway, well, we're here. We're having a good time. This is actually the first of four seasons that we're going to look back on the four seasons of Brave. It's going to be fun. And then we'll have one more episode where we're going to talk about the new season of Brave. Five seasons altogether. Yes. And it's been quite a journey. Ten years. We're celebrating ten years this year of this work and ministry that you've been a part of. And so what's going to happen today is we're going to play an audio clip where you tell the story of season one, how it began, the origin story, and what those first couple of years were like for you. And then we're going to bring on one of your pillars. Yeah. So in every season, it seemed like the Lord gave me someone to stand beside me and uphold the ministry. And I'm super thankful for those women so far that have walked the journey really close to me. So in that first season, that was Julie Keltonic. So you'll hear a little interview with her. We're putting together videos too, but we want to share the audio as well. So I hope you guys enjoy it and hold on through all the seasons because it's going to be a really interesting story as things continue to grow and build. And it's crazy what God can do when you throw out a few seeds Mm -hmm. and, uh, I think our, I'll share this, but our first meeting was September 1st, 2011, and we had eight people. There were times that nobody showed up. Right. But over the years, with consistent sowing, there's been consistent growing. And it's crazy what God has done and where we're headed next. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So why don't we dive into your story? And then right after that, we'll play your interview conversation with Julie Keltonic about what it was like being the first initial pillar walking through this with you. And I'm sure we'll put in the show notes, Brave Worship Socials, because we're going to play videos all this next month, month and a half. We're going to kind of release each season once a week. So follow us on at Brave Worship on Instagram. And then if you're 
part of the Facebook community. It's Brave Worship Community, and you can kind of keep track with everything there as well. Anything else we should say before we dive into this story? I'm just really excited and super thankful. It's not just my story. I want to reiterate that. It's our story. It's everybody's story. It's your story. It's your story. So as we go through, you'll hear from lots of different people. And I just want you to know there's still room for you to be added to the story if you haven't been a part yet. This is an ongoing, growing, kingdom-building thing, and there's always room at the table. That's right. Okay, let's dive in. This is the story of Brave, season one. Chrissy Nordoff sharing with you how it all began. I'll never forget moving to Nashville after college. I really didn't have a car. I didn't have health insurance, a job, a place to live, or an internship, which was the reason why I was moving. And yet I said yes to what God had called me to do. Within a week, Somehow I had all of those things in place and I was on my way driving down Highway 65 to my new home. And it was incredible when I got here. I had a record deal offered to me fairly quickly within the first six months. And then we negotiated for six months and eventually fell through. And it was my first taste of, wow, there are some nuances in this industry that I don't understand and I don't know how to navigate. And I began to pray for a female that would maybe have some experience and be able to shepherd me through industry, family, ministry, all of it. But I couldn't find anybody. And I so longed for belonging in this town and in this industry because I grew up in a small town with a huge family both sides. And I knew what belonging was. I knew that well. I couldn't find it here. I continued on to, I married my husband, we had some kids, and we did the independent artist thing for a long time until there was a turning point. I was at a festival singing one evening after having done two services the morning before that and came to realize there was a shift in my heart. And through one song, the Lord taught me that he could use my heart to travel and I could stay home raising my babies, which is what I really wanted to do. And I made that decision finally that I actually think where I fit best is in that songwriter category. And so I prayed that prayer for a mentor through all of those years, 15 years really to be exact. And I got kind of frustrated with the Lord at one point and asked him, Lord, why have you not answered that prayer? Surely there's got to be somebody here in town. I don't understand. That's a good prayer, Lord. I don't understand why you're not answering. And I heard him say a phrase to me that would guide me really the rest of my days. And what I heard him say was, be what you need. And I started to realize at that point in time, maybe I had something to offer to those coming behind me. And so I started to gather women together. I mean, it was really the birth of what was called Girls Right Out. And it was many, many beautiful evenings memories of hearing those voices of females rise together, praying for one another, encouraging one another, creating belonging, creating community, because I couldn't find it. And it was a sweet, sweet season. We were small in number. We started with about eight of us. And of course, we grew over time. And I'm kind of considering 
This season one was the years probably 2011 through 2013. It was just very sweet, very intimate moments, heart level sharing, deep prayer, sweet singing, worship, just sharing stories, helping to navigate with others through having babies and co-writing and how do you do that? And how do you make sure your family has a meal that night? Small things like that that became large conversations, a very sweet time. And I'm so thankful that really through every season of Brave, the Lord has really given me a pillar to stand beside me and help uphold this ministry and this whole foundation that was built. And during this season, season one, that pillar for me was Julie Keltonic. I'll always be thankful to Julie for all that she contributed, for her time, her energy, her encouragement on the days that I didn't want to keep going. I always had her in my ear saying, no, you're not the only one that needs us. There's many of us that do. And that was an encouragement to keep going. I'm so thankful for Julie. We met in several locations through the course of this season. So we met first at Sodium, which was really this huge kids play park. And I taught piano lessons in the front of that area. So I was able to use the facility because I was a teacher there. And we started our very first gathering there with eight people. And of course, we grew over time. But that very first, we started with eight. We also met in my home many times. We met a little bit at the Well Coffee Shop. And we were, at this time, we were doing regular quarterly meetings. So it was four times a year. It was not as often as we're meeting now, for sure. We had a few different events during this season. So we met at Whole Foods for dinners once in a while. We also did a ministry outreach kind of a situation where we went to the Hope Center in Nashville and we sang for some female women that were prisoners. We also did our very first writer's night at the Franklin Mercantile. I do want to say that was so special to me because when I also first moved to town, there was a tiny shop called Jam in Java, and that was where a lot of Christian music writer's nights happened, and they had coffee, and they had food, and there was a couple there that were super sweet, and I really loved, I loved going to that place, but it soon closed after I moved here. However, their son now owns the Franklin Mercantile. So that was really sweet and special that that was our first writer's night. That was about everything that we did as far as events go during that season. But again, we were super intimate, small, started with eight people. We grew over that time and many people started to fit into my home until we outgrew that. And so I'll share more about that coming up in season two but season one was a beautiful beginning i'll never forget how god showed me during this season how we literally just have to take one step at a time and uh yes there were nights that nobody showed up and yes there were moments that it felt like it was too heavy to carry then but you know what when god has called you to something he will provide in amazing and beautiful ways and he has surely done that for us. So stay tuned for season two and hearing more about the story of Brave.
So one really important thing that we're doing this to celebrate the 10 years is, number one, we have a conference that we're planning for September. So the month of the 10-year anniversary, you should save the date if you're planning on coming. It's going to be September 20th through the 22nd, and it'll be here in the Nashville, Tennessee area. We'll have more information. We don't, at this time of the recording, we don't have any tickets available yet, but we will have those available at some point in April. I think we will announce and open up the tickets. But September 20th to the 22nd, to participate. That'll be really fun. And then more current and something that's coming sooner is going to be the recording day. We're going to do a live recording. We're recording four songs and it's going to be a celebration night and you can participate in a number of different ways. So if you live out of the country or away from here and can't make it to the Nashville area on April 19th for our live recording, you can easily participate by joining the live stream. So we're raising money. It's going to cost about $10,000 to record this and to produce this and release it. So we are inviting everyone to participate in the recording and asking if you'd like to participate in the live stream, you can do that very easily by donating at braveworship.com slash donate. And that is where All of the information is on how you can participate. You can donate by watching the live stream, and that's $10. You can participate live and get a ticket when you give $50, and then you can sponsor the band when you give $500, and then sponsor an entire song when you give $2,500. So those are kind of the four levels of donations, but anything really is wonderful. If you've been impacted by Brave over the last 10 years, we just encourage you to go and prayerfully consider giving because every little bit helps. And we'd love, love to reach out to you and give you something back in exchange for that. So lots of fun. We'll talk more about this over the next few weeks as we continue to release the different seasons, but we wanted to make you aware of that. So consider this a little commercial in the middle of the Brave Worship Season 1 story. Hey guys, it's Christy, and I'm super excited to have a conversation with my friend Julie Kaltonic. This is part of the story of Brave, and I wanted to be sure I had her on here just to share her heart and her memories from the very, very early days of Brave. In fact, we weren't even called Brave. We were first called Girls Right Out, and many of you have heard this story, but I'm going to share it for those of you that haven't. When I moved to Nashville 26 years ago, I started praying for a mentor and prayed and asked the Lord for a female that had gone before that knew how to juggle family, ministry, and industry. And I prayed that prayer for almost 15 years. Actually, maybe it was closer to 16. A long time I prayed that prayer and the Lord never answered that prayer for me. And I asked him why. And I remember him saying, be what you need. And so when I heard that, I knew that it was time to stop looking at what I can possibly learn from somebody else and just instead focus on what I might have to give after being in town for a while. So after that, I just began sort of gathering girls. And one that was there from the beginning is this girl right here, Julie Keltonic. She was very encouraging to me and really helped us keep things going in those early stages. So Julie, thank you so much for just coming on to share your heart 
and for your encouragement in those early days and all that meant. Can you share with us a little bit about how you got connected and just those early days, what they were like? Yes. And thank you so much for having me. I am so happy to get to sit down with you and remember and relive those early times. When I moved to Nashville in 2005, I came here thinking it was going to be really easy and God was calling me here. So he must have everything laid out. And I thought it was going to be just a really fast trip to the end. And he said over and over to me that it's the journey and that songwriting was the thread that he was using to pull me to himself. And that, you know, I thought I was moving toward one goal of whatever songwriting success looked like, but truly he said, I am the prize. And he's been really faithful to put people in my life to remind me of that and point me toward that. And one person was Cindy Wilt Colville. She's so many people's champion. She lives with the Lord now in heaven, but she came alongside me and really helped open doors for me for community, which is what we all need. And I guess she spoke to you. She heard what you were doing, what you had planned, and she spoke my name to you and you invited me to that very first meeting. And I'm looking, it was September 1st of 2011. So you emailed me, Chrissy, and invited me and one of my other friends, Jenna, who we've been writing for all these many years that Cindy also introduced me to. She's been a great connector and, you know, the Lord does that. He takes one person. And if you're willing to be a connector and introduce people to one another, then they can introduce to more and more people. And through Girls Write Out, I was able to find some dear sisters. So that started at the end of 2011 for us. Yes. So our first meeting, which I totally didn't remember this. I thought it was at my house, but our first meeting was in a location in Franklin called Sodium, which was really like this ginormous kids play area. Now it's I think it's Fellowship Church, Fellowship Bible Church, Franklin. But I was teaching piano lessons out of that space at the time. And so we were able to use that for our first meeting. And we had how many girls was it? Eight girls? We had eight girls. We don't have pictures, I don't think, from that very night, do we? Maybe someone does. I was wondering. We have a list of the girls who were there, so maybe someone does. Yes. Well, and I was also thinking, did we have like, phones that took pictures at that time, (laughs) you know, like that was pretty early. So but I remember showing up and I didn't know anyone, even you. So, and I was really pregnant. I, so this was in September of 2011 and I gave birth to my first, my son in December. So I was months away from giving birth to my first son. And I If it had not been for this group, I would have had a complete identity crisis because you start out and my whole life from when I was little was, I'm a songwriter, I'm a songwriter, I'm a songwriter. And then you become a mom. And it's Mm -hmm. like, does this new identity disqualify everything that I was and always was? But I came to the meeting on September 1st, just 
nervous and by myself, like I didn't know anyone. And what I found was strong women who many were moms. Mm -hmm. And because I saw that I was able to live into both identities and it was just a really beautiful gift from the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I remember having phone calls about juggling that Julie, and even like just, you know, simple things about how to feed the baby while you're having co-writes and nursing and all these kind of things that a lot of times you don't think about until it's happening. And I have three babies now, nine, six, and two, and all of them have come to music row, songwrites, co-writes, and like songwriting, you know, weekends with me, some of them, when they're little, you can take them right. along. Yeah. Yes. So you did it. So you kept going through that season and beyond, which is awesome. Was that first message, I'm trying to remember, but I'm thinking it might've been the one that had the verse. I gave out little like presents. It was a gift. And it said the gift, it had a verse inside that said the gift, the gifts of the Lord are irrevocable. I can't remember where that verse was from, but I'm pretty sure that might've been our first devotional type. I love that because it was so applicable to where I was. I mean, everybody needs to hear that, but especially when you're thinking God's giving me a new gift of a baby, does that mean he's going to take away songwriting? Wow. So good. That's crazy. Well, I'm glad you kept writing. Thank you. Yeah. I had been doing two a days and three a days. And when the first baby came, I was just doing one a day. So it changes how it looks. And now Mm -hmm. we've been, everyone's had to pivot to be writing online. So everything changes, but you're right. God continues the calling. So So good. So let's talk about all the different places that we met during this first season, because that's always that has always been a challenge trying to find spots to meet, but there were places that were gracious to let us use their spots during this first season and got us up and running. Do you remember? I I loved the season. There are so many different ones, but I'm thinking about, we met at the well coffee shop and I guess they're Christian owned and run, right? They -hmm. would turn off the overhead music and let our little table play guitar. And there were other people in there, but I remember like Ryan Shirley was leading worship once. And I forget a number of times we met and they, they would have their music going overhead and we just kind of like make friends with someone who was working there and they turned off their music and let us have a little worship (laughs) time. And I know other people from different tables were like listening and absorbing. Yeah. Really cool. I remember, didn't we like have a pretty intense prayer time during one of those? (laughs) It seems like we did. And we're like, um, we're in the middle of this room, but we feel really led to pray right now. We just went for it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think we did. Now that you say that, I remember that too. Yeah. And then we were at my home some as well. Yes. Um, A few times I remember we studied Nehemiah and you led and you said, we're building a wall and we're not coming down. And we were chanting it down the street as we walked toward the like entrance of the neighborhood, which was a wall. And then I think we climbed the wall. Yeah, we did. The point is like, 
when you're called to something and God, like Nehemiah was called to build the wall and they like built with swords in one hand and a hammer in the other hand. And it's like, yes. maybe you have to write a song with a baby in one hand and a pen in the other hand, you know? Mm. And the point you were making was like, when God calls you to something, you have to obey. And it like, even if other people are saying like, oh, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> so we were really like rallying together. Yeah. I remember that. It was good. That was one of my favorites. And, you know, it looked kind of crazy. <laughs> I'm sure it looked kind of crazy, but, but I carry that. I carry that still on days that I need it. It comes to mind. So that was in my home. We were also at the Nest Church, which met at Brightstone in Franklin for a little while. And we were at Whole Foods a little bit. Whole Foods, they had like a had room in the back that you could reserve. Yep. And I remember we did our little time together and then we all went shopping together. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, there was a season where I would run into like brave worship girls all the time or girls right out girls at the time yeah. at Whole Foods all yeah. the time. Like well, we and that's living life together. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and we did. And then as far as events go, we had our very first writer's night or writer's round, I guess, mm-hmm. at the Franklin Mercantile, right? Yeah. You yeah. were for that. Yeah, they had a little stage there. I love the Franklin Mercantile because I worked at Ivy Cake, which was connected to the... <laughs> So that was like my stomping grounds, but yeah, they had a, a little stage and they, it was an opportunity to share our songs, which yeah. Cindy from who we mentioned in the beginning, Cindy always said a song is not done until it's shared. So that's really special. That's sweet. Do you yeah. remember who all was there that night? I remember Rachel Mann mm-hmm. had organized it. Was Morgan McClanahan? Yeah. I think, um, Krista Chiati. Brooke Perry, I think Laura Landon was there. Oh yeah, she's been there since the beginning too. Uh-huh. And uh Carrie Muller. Oh yeah, Carrie. Yeah, I haven't heard from her for a little while, but I think she was there that night. There was a couple girls that I wasn't sure I couldn't clearly see in the picture, mm-hmm. but we do have that picture and we'll share that. And I think we sang at the Hope Center. That was the other thing we did during that season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we did do a little bit of missions just getting mm-hmm. started. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great thing. Like if anyone is watching this, I just feel led to say, like, if you feel like your music doesn't have a platform everywhere, there is need for your music, hopeful music. If you think about missions opportunities, I know some people go like Chrissy or Cindy used to go and share in the prisons. That's right. Yeah. Hope Center was Cindy. I'll never forget sitting at her funeral. And I don't know exactly when that was. Do you know what year she passed away, Julie? Oh, I should, but I don't. Okay. It's been probably three years, right? Oh, I think it's been more than that. But I don't just get the faster time. I, I know. <laughs> but I remember sitting in the sanctuary and seeing so many of these girls, you know? So I think Rachel being the sanctuary. You were there. I can't remember who all. I think I sat with Jenna Davis, who was one of the most important people she connected me with as far as. Yeah. In my life. Yeah. Yeah. 
I just remember sitting in that funeral and knowing that Cindy had championed so many people and girls. And I just remember feeling that burden of who's going to carry the torch, who's going to carry the torch. So she definitely left a mark on the industry and was a part of, you know, really the early beginning days of what we did. Yeah. I remember she was here doing some, she was participating in some of our writing exercises at one point, which was hilarious. Mm -hmm. It was fun to get to watch a publisher have to do the writing side of things. Yeah. Well, she Um, came to the girls right out. Was it a meeting or a Christmas party at your house? We have those pictures. I think it was a meeting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was the meeting I had like several different stations and you could go around, like there was a painting and then you had to go outside for one part. And I had like just sort of this trail of inspiration that people had to walk through kind of. I would love that again. I forgot we did all that. (laughs) That sounds fun. Yeah. Let's do that again. Yeah. But how do you think we grew Julie through that time? We started with eight, right? Yeah. And then it jumped to 40, right? Mm -hmm. When was that? I think over the course of, let's see. Like, I think by the next year. Probably. And we stayed there. We were pretty steady, right? Like we stayed pretty steady for a while. So I think, yeah, that's about how many we'd have come to meetings and stuff, right? And was that when we were meeting I don't want to jump ahead, but we started meeting at Integrity yep. and then Gateway. Yeah. And we had about 40, I would say, each time. Yep. Yeah. And they might have been slightly different 40, but. Right. That was the thing because, yeah, I think we had more on the Facebook group, which is honestly, it's still the same Facebook group today. Do you oh. remember that? Because at one point we I don't think we might even talk to each other, but we said, Hey, we need to start a Facebook group. Or Mm. I called you and said, I started a Facebook group. You started a Facebook group too. Same day. Uh We had to take one of them down. (laughs) We had to delete one of them, but anyways, it's still the same Facebook group from that time. That's really special. Yeah. It's still the same community. And we did change the name. I think it was 2018 to Brave Worship. So and there I felt like when we changed the name, it became more focused on worship writing. Mm -hmm. Whereas before it was girl writers and believe it, probably believing girl writers would be comfortable coming because we did prayer time and Bible time and, and like that. This is what I loved. And I think about it, especially during the gateway section of time meeting Mm -hmm. there was the prayer time. People would come with their babies, you know, some of them with their babies, which I loved. Um, But people would come with like, I need healing from infertility. And we would like have massive prayer time in the spirit and like take our time. And people then would like be healed. And Mm -hmm. I just remember people bringing their like deepest, darkest, like I have this health thing or like, I've never told anyone, but I I have this and people just it really being a safe space Mm -hmm. to share that with the sisters and pray. And 
there was so much freedom and really like the presence of the Lord was Mm -hmm. there every time, which is not always the case. I mean, yes, the Lord says like, wherever two are gathered, I'm there with them, but I could feel his presence in like a really deep way. Every time we met Mm -hmm. in that little back house at gateway. Mm -hmm. And I've told you this before, but like, I always showed up sort of deflated from just the industry and the grind. I mean, I was writing every day and juggling children, young children. And I was like laser, like focused on my, you know, music industry path. And it's pretty deflating sometimes I think for everyone, but being able to show up, I say, I always show up deflated and I always leave affirmed Mm -hmm. because just the camaraderie was so important. And pointing back to the Lord, the reason why we do it was so important. So I love those days. It was sweet, sweet days. And you're right. Like I remember just that prayer time too, how powerful it was. And um, I remember specific things, you know, like I remember when there was one girl that got healed of eczema that she'd had for years. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then I remember when Rachel got healed when we did the conference. Yeah. And that was a little farther down the road. But but those things are not random or rare things. Those things were very plentiful. And it just seemed very, um, I don't know, it was just wonderful. Like we were walking through wonder. And, and the Lord that. gave like people to walk with through the Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. I think. There were like seven or eight women Mm. who all said, Hey, I have Lyme disease and things like that. It's like, God is not leaving you alone. And he's not, he never leaves us alone, but like, he's also giving women, Christian songwriter, women struggling with Lyme disease to each other, like walk through that with together. Like he was doing more than just like the songwriting thing. Mm. What do you think as far as that first season, what do you see that has continued and became sort of a foundational aspect of everything that we do from your perspective? I think the heart of discipleship is there. The idea that we are all, even in that first meeting, I mean, we had Sheree Adams there, people on different levels who have been in the industry longer And I say that, I say not even just industry, but have been committing their life to the craft of writing and and getting better. People who have been walking the road longer are willing to come alongside those who are newer and need that encouragement and need that discipleship spiritually and musically. And I see that now that there's no like pretense, like if someone shows up and they are a brand new person. They're going to be loved by the person who is, has been farther along. Mm -hmm. Whereas I see in the industry, there's a lot of strange, like unspoken rules, but there, I don't feel that in this community, which is, has been really great. I remember a couple of times, well, especially when it was early on and smaller, we had Sue Smith, be the speaker. And we had Kenna West another time, be the speaker. And there were only, we were small. They were willing to share 
mm-hmm. from their lives. And we were really a small group, maybe even sometimes when I think there were maybe five people, but because they were willing to share on not a large stage, the message went deep. And that was years ago. I remember it still. So, yeah. well, I remember Sue because of Sue that night saying, I remember she said, I don't want to get to heaven and, and God asked me, how'd you like my book? And I tell him, I never read your book. I just remember her saying that. And basically she inspired me to really dig into reading the Bible. So just some of those life-changing moments do happen in those smaller settings. You're right. And those were some precious Precious times. And I think any time, well, you can trace, I don't know, it's grown and it's changed and there's a lot of new things. And even in this next season, there's going to be more new things. But if you trace everything back to the roots, I think the roots are what you just said, that desire to bring belonging, to change the culture of the music industry a little bit, to make room at the table for other people. None of those things have changed. Well, and I remember, what did you say? Oh, you had said years ago about that Nashville was a city of broken dreams, but we wanted to like change that whole thing. Yeah. And that's how change begins is like a little group of people starting out and loving a lot of people. I mean, I brought all my co-writers to this. Like I, every woman co-writer I ever had, I was like, you have got to come and find your belonging, find your place at this group. And, you know, now the love is multiplied. So yeah, just, I remember that idea because it is the city of broken dreams for lots of people. I mean, I feel heartbroken that so many of my co-writers have quit and done other things because they're so talented and it's like, you know, please come back, but it's okay to do other things. But, but I just hate that for them that, that they left defeated and there was room for, excuse me, there was room for God to renew the city and make it the city of, I don't know what we said, dreams realized or God dreams, God stories. Yeah. So one by one, one person at a time, I think that's still the heart behind yeah. what we're doing. Same mission in a lot of ways that's grown and changed over time. But it's been a beautiful 10 years, and I can't believe it's 10 years this year. Is that oh, crazy? That is. Yeah, that's right. September 1st, mm-hmm. 2021 will be 10 years. Yeah. And I just need to thank you, Chrissy, because a lot of people have ideas and then let fear or other reasons, busyness get in the way of actually going for what God has called you to. And, you know, you said you heard the voice of the Lord in your spirit say, be what you need. And I just want to affirm you that like that your obedience has spread so far and wide, I mean, and deep in people's hearts and really changed people's lives. And I just want to really thank you for that. Thank you for obeying the Lord, even when it was hard. And even, you know, we talk also about when you have more people or more of a network, it feels like a success. But even when it was small, when it was like five people, 
the Lord does, does different things. He has a different economy and he knows what he's doing. And it had to be at the fullness of time when he chose to make it into brave worship. You know, your sister moved here and, and you had that like really strong second partner. And I know Eric is doing things. He's been a great helper through all of this. So thank you for being obedient and blessing so many. Well, thank you, Julie, for all that you did really, especially during that whole season one where you, you encouraged me back. So that was super helpful and kept me going. And that's part of the reason why I could keep going. Cause that's- I needed it. I was like, don't quit it. Cause I'll be the one I'll always show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thank you for all that you poured in and thank you for sharing it with your friends and really just helping to spread the word, but also spread the culture of what we started. I'm super thankful for you. Any other favorite memories you want to share? Let me think about it. I loved, there was one night where, didn't we have everyone stand up and sing? It was like kind of like a guitar pull, but it was like we were meeting in um, the Gateway house Mm -hmm. and it was like, come share your songs. And it's such a safe place. And I just remember Rachel Barentine sang You Are My Healer, which I had written with her. And it was, I think it, it was while she, she was struggling with Lyme and another girl was struggling with what we thought maybe was MS. There were a number of us struggling with healing issues. And she sang that. And I have the video of that. Lydia Walker oh. took the video. And I mean, oh, and it was PJ night. <laughs> so oh, we were PJ all, night and prayer. We were all there in our PJs. We did some really fun things. We all all there in their PJs, but then like praising that God was our healer even before mm-hmm. that all came to fruition. And I just love that idea that like we will praise him before he gives us mm-hmm. the fullness of the promise. So anyway, I loved, I loved that just being able to hear from different people and it's awesome. Well, I think we have some pictures of you and I at vision night. Do you remember vision night? Was that when we had the hot colored glasses? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And I still have those. (laughs) You do? Yeah. Let's see them. Put them on right now. They're probably in the, in the thing behind me. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. Yeah, we did have pajama night. We had onesie night. Was that onesie night? We did have onesie night. We had a onesie Christmas party once. I remember that. I still have my owl pajamas from that night. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Julie, for sharing your heart and journey. Just letting people see just that perspective of what it was like to be there from the start. And we used to have a section of the night where we would share our successes and clap for each other. And oh, yeah. That. that was great. That's right. Yeah. What do we call that? Hmm. It was new releases, right? Oh, yeah. New releases. Yeah. Or, but it was like, it could be your new release or if you got a cut somewhere. Right. That's because cool. it's important to celebrate each other. Yes. I love that. Definitely is. Any last thoughts, Julie? I just praise the Lord for all he's done and for how he's working and how he 
doesn't change, but he, as things change here, he like is the constant and we, you know, we'll praise him the whole time. That's awesome. Okay. I have one more thing I want to share. When I had, I guess I had had my second child by that point. Cause my little first one, Connor was old enough to talk, but he was he. I would get ready for girls right out. And that was like the one thing that I left at, at bedtime. Cause I was always there, always had to be mom at bedtime, but girls right out. I like would get makeup on and put my like cute little outfit on. And I got to be my old self and Connor would run in every time and be like, gooseneck. And gooseneck means girls night. Cause he would always say, oh, you know, where are you going? Where are you going? And I'd say, oh, I'm going to girls night, girls right out. And so he would like shout through the house, gooseneck, gooseneck. And we still, whenever I'm like getting ready to go somewhere, we still say like, oh, I'm going to gooseneck, but it means girls right out. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. It's so funny. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't have just been getting ready for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Funny. I love that. Well, thank you for being a part of the whole journey. Thank you for sowing early seeds. We needed those long-term and thank you for modeling. Now you're also being what you needed, modeling, being a mama and also continuing to write. So I'm really thankful for that. And um, look forward to what's ahead. Thank you. Love to you. Love you too. Thanks for listening to the Brave Podcast, awakening dreams, purpose, and songs. You can visit braveworship.com to learn more about how you can join one of the upcoming Brave Coffees in your local area. We'd love to connect with you on Instagram at Brave Worship and on Facebook at Brave Worship Page. We'd also love for you to join us at our next songwriting event or missions trip. And you can stay up to date on all of those things and the latest happenings when you sign up for our newsletter at braveworship.com. The times I've grown most as a songwriter are the times I've had mentors showing me the way. If you're looking to grow as a songwriter, we're now accepting applications for our Worship Songwriter Mentorship. Now, it's available only a few times each year. The Worship Songwriter Mentorship is a songwriting intensive that will help you craft impactful worship songs. It's a course created by Dove Award-winning and Grammy-nominated, drumroll here please, (laughs) our founder, pro songwriter Chrissy Nordoff. It's a small group community, and it's led by other songwriters over the course of nine weeks. It's an intensive course and a small group co-writing environment, and that means you'll be added to a special group of about 12 writers, give or take. Each group is led by experienced songwriters, some of them my dear, dear friends, and I've even gotten to lead a group or two. Rachel here, by the way. We love the church, and we love to champion fellow worship songwriters just like yourself. In this mentorship, you'll learn how to write songs for you and your congregation. You'll go deeper in your intimacy with Jesus, You'll get the tools needed to help craft songs more easily and never run out of creative ideas. Okay, I know it sounds too good to be true, but trust me, this course is a game changer. You'll learn how to leverage your unique songwriting personality and connect with other like-minded writers in a meaningful way. Truly, I can't think of another course, group of people, community that has impacted my songwriting the way that this mentorship has. 
If you're wanting to take the next steps in your songwriting journey, then apply now at the link in our show notes. We hope to see you there.